0: Parents, I'm going to need you to know your children as I ask my next question. I need, for a few minutes, I need the involvement of a child that you would consider charismatic and one that you would consider not very worried about being in front of people. I don't need one that, can, that needs to speak or talk. I just need one maybe elementary age kid who uh, wouldn't mind helping me and making a very easy illustration this morning. So I'm looking around the room and wondering who might be the one. I have a raised hand. Are you willing? Come on up here with me. That's awesome. All right. I want you to answer to me. Forget these people are even here, okay? They don't matter at all. This is just me and you for the next few moments. Okay, number one, what's your name? Lucy? Lucy? Ms. Lucy, I'm Daniel, and it's good to see you this morning. I'm glad you're hanging out with us, okay? I'm going to give you something this morning. You tell me, what is this? A pencil. It's a pencil. Would you describe it for me? You can take it. Um, Would you describe it for me? It's a black pencil. It's a black pencil. Okay. Tell me about the end of it right here. What? Tell me about this part. It is sharp, It is You've got to be a little bit careful. What is that pencil designed to do? To write things and to color and draw and all that. So here's what I want you to do. I believe it's that pencil's job to, to put things on paper. Now, I'm not even worried about you drawing something special. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to try and cover this piece of paper as best you can with that pencil for the next few seconds, okay? Right, are you ready? Three, two, one, go. Just as much of it as you can cover. I mean lots of it. Just big old lines go all over the place. Oh, you got to get way more ambitious than that. Like, come on over in here. There you go. All over the place. Try and cover that. There we go. Now we're getting into it need a little bit of encouragement, continue to rock on doing that, all right? Don't hesitate. There you go. Keep drawing there for a second. Now, one of the things about using this pencil is that as you're trying to color things in, there are some of these pencils, and this one doesn't have it. Some of them have an eraser. This one specifically, though, uh, is just a colored pencil. And as you can see, you're doing a great job. Carry on. Yep. I don't even know what we're drawing here, which is just nothing. We're just covering this, this whole piece of paper, aren't we? Awesome, awesome, carry on. Now here's what, it's getting a little bit light, so if you use a little bit bolder, let's make some good, there you go. Yeah, now up in here, yeah, this is feeling neglected up in here. There we go, now we're getting way better. Hey, now hold on here, something's happening. Okay, so why isn't there anything right here? What do I mean, but see the line though? The line got really dark over here, and it's really light, why did it do that? Because it got smaller. Because it got smaller. Let me see this pencil again. Can I have it back for a second? Would you describe to me... The way this pencil looks now? Dull. It's dull, isn't it? It's amazing how sometimes using something for what it was created to do makes it dull over time. Stick with me. Now, if we're going to use this pencil again, what must we do this morning? What is this? The sharpener. That's a sharpener right now. I'm going to do this up next to my microphone so people both in-house and on the radio can get a picture of what we're talking about. What's that noise? Sounds like a crumbling noise. Sounds like a crumbling noise, doesn't it? But what is it doing to the pencil? It's sharp. It sure is. Look, that good is new. Isn't that awesome? Uh, Let me tell you this morning, the reason that you came to church is because even doing good, even going into this world trying to be Christ-like and doing what you were created to do, if you're not careful, you don't spend enough time coming back to be sharpened again. That's what we're here for this morning, amen? It is to be sharpened. Thank you very much for helping us out. You all give this young lady a hand. She's been phenomenal for us. You can go have a seat with your folks and I'm glad you're here hanging out with us. It is our job this morning... Through a very, very simple reminder, it is our job this morning to be reminded, we are here to be sharpened by Christ. We are here for God to do His work sharpening us. And sometimes, in order for that pencil to be sharpened, what must happen? You ha- it has to be cut. It has to be shaved. Parts of it have to be removed to expose that sharp edge again. Folks, let me tell you something this morning. When we arrive in church, it is wonderful to sit in this place. Uh, these folks who lead us in worship this morning, Miss Pam all the way across uh, over here to, to Miss Kate who is on the far end. All the way, incredible musicians, incredible vocalists. But we didn't come here for a concert this morning. Amen? We came here to worship God, and in the process of worshiping God, we also realize that sometimes when we read the Word, sometimes God wants to sharpen us and wants to speak to us, There may be something about us that He wants to make us better, so that when we leave this space, this is the beautiful part, when you leave this space, you are better prepared to go back into this world to do amazing things. Do whatever God's called you to do. You're prepared for that, and that's what this morning is for. You look back over the last couple of weeks and the things that are going on, and I must tell you, we've seen God do some really cool things because people were willing to be sharpened and to to use what God gave them to to serve Him. Uh, This past week, if many of you were here for the Together to Table event, huge shout out and thank you. What an incredible opportunity for us to feed hundreds of people. I wish I could give you a concrete number. I just know this. We had less leftovers than we've had in a long time. We had more people at locations than we ever expected. As a matter of fact, if you served at the uh, Griffin Ridge Apartments, we had to take more food to them three times. That's a good problem. You know what I mean? Like, we had a runner going wide open. Uh, I don't know how to say this. We serve more food at the prison than we planned. So, like, we don't want people to be in jail, okay? So we're not necessarily thankful about that. But, but since they were there, we're able to go feed more. You know, I mean, so that's good. You know, it's like there's both sides of that. We're glad we're able to go help people and we're able to go feed people. Like, that's part of us doing what God has called us to do. This past Sunday, another thing to praise God about. This past Sunday, many of you know we participate in a Thanksgiving offering in which we give to the World Evangelism Fund, which goes to spread the gospel all around the world. Our Thanksgiving offering last Sunday was $23,296 praise God. You know what I mean? Like, we get to be a part of that. You know what I mean? And us being a part of that means that that money is used to keep missionaries on the field and do mission work all around the world. And so this morning, I'm speaking to a group of people who know very, very well what it means and know very, very well what it is to go out and do what you've been called to do, to be a part of it. And so as I'm speaking to you this morning, I recognize that if we're not careful... We neglect the parts of coming back to be sharpened again. And so let's do that this morning. Matthew chapter 25, if you would stand with me for the reading of the word. It'll be on the screen above me. Uh, As I say most every Sunday, there are uh, Bibles in most of, many of the seats that are right there in front of you. Uh, I'll say this again as well. Uh, It'll be repetitive, but it's part of, of what we do around here. If you do not own a Bible, please look in those chairs in front of you. They are there for your use in this room, but they are absolutely there for you to take home with you. Okay? That's the point of the Bibles and the chairs. You can take one of those home with you. Have it as yours. Never think twice about it. You absolutely can have it. If you can't find one, come find me. I happen to know I have $200 40 in cases that are over here ready to go. We've got plenty of Bibles for you, okay? Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me, then they will go away into eternal punishment, but for the righteous to eternal life. God, we come before you this morning thanking you for the opportunity to be able to read a story that you give to illustrate. And so God, as we examine that illustration this morning, would you speak to us and to stay along with the, with the analogy we used earlier. As your pencils, we are here to be sharpened. We love you and we thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We read through this passage this morning, and there's a, a picture of something that doesn't exactly make sense to us very, very well. Uh, there's this passage, and it talks about the nature of separating sheep from goats. The reality is there probably the majority of us in this room would have trouble knowing what they're talking about because in our world when we think about sheep and goats we kind of have a, a picture in our mind. But in reality when you, when you think about what a sheep and goats look like you may not be quite as savvy or as sharp or you may not even know what Jesus is trying to communicate here. I read a story of a man not long ago uh, where he was traveling through Wisconsin from a very urban environment, had never been around large herds, and he was talking about traveling through Wisconsin, and he saw on these hills, he said it was this beautiful, beautiful green valley and bottom and grasses, so he must have been there during the summer because uh, best I can tell, Wisconsin is not big green meadows this part of the year. Okay, But as he's traveling through, he sees all these out in the pasture, and he said he had time on his hands, and he saw a man who was there working or doing the things. He said, I assumed it to be the farmer, so I show up and I can see all these look like sheep and he said you know I've never I've never been around this I've never even seen a herd of animals because I grew up in such an urban environment he said so like tell me about your sheep and the guy goes well I raise sheep and goats and his response was well where are the goats and he said no they're out there they're with the sheep, there's sheep and goats out there in the pasture. They're all out there moving around. And the guy started asking questions about like, you know, how do you tell the difference about them? And the guy said, well, you know, I raised them, but the way to tell the difference, because, you know, you may think they look the same, you know, they're, they're, they act and they behave a bit differently. Now, if when you get closer to them, you can see some differences, but from a distance, I gather, you know, you can't tell much of difference. You see, in today's world, when we think about sheep and goats, as a matter of fact, when we think about sheep, it's not necessarily given a, it's not a complimentary term, is it? You know, we call people sheep today and we're not being nice, okay? You've heard people called even sheeple. Remember that? Yeah, you've heard it before, right? And when you talk about someone being a sheep today, you're normally... um, you're only taking away from them by saying that they are uh, incapable of making their own decisions, uh, a sheeple type person in the stereotype that we give today is someone who listens to whoever's in charge and does whatever they say. You know, uh, a sheep person is uh, spoken kind of a derogatory as you know you're you're not able to to think for yourself. You're just going to do whatever somebody else tells you. And and I hear you in that this morning, but I need you to unplug from some of your modern day use of the word sheep because believe it or not, when Jesus Jesus was talking to these people about sheep and goats, he wasn't exactly speaking to them in 2023 with the sheeple terminology we have today. Okay, He's speaking to people who actually know the animals at a greater level, who know the difference between how they act, and as a matter of fact, knows kind of the interaction between them. One of the things to be thinking about is sheep in their world is not something meant to be derogatory. It's actually something to, to speak complimentary toward them. Sheep were known and are known for being more docile than goats. Um, they're more uh, pleasant to deal with more times than not than goats. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure some of you have had some experience with a sheep that was crazy and you know after you and all those sorts of things, but, but by and large, when you are managing a herd of sheep, it's different than managing a herd of goats because the, the sheep find themselves, uh, they trust the one who is guiding them and directing them a little bit better, a little bit easier. There's a good picture of this drone. Uh, Psalm 23. I'll read it to you uh, this morning. I think it's an, a, a a good picture. When you hear this, think about the imagery that's being created. Some of you heard this in the past. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Well, if the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, I am a sheep. Understand? What? This is the picture they're trying to create. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul guides me along the right path for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for He is with me. His rod and staff comfort me. You hear the pictures that are being created? Like When these people are hearing about sheep, they're hearing something that is easy to be worked with, one that, is, that, that finds its comfort, and this is one I think is very interesting, finds its comfort and safety in both the others and the shepherd. Right? Sheep are known for being herding animals. In the times that I've been on a couple of traveling expeditions and been around, I've seen, I know this sounds outlandish, but over the years I've seen at least hundreds and hundreds of thousands of sheep. Okay, You see, there's uh, been a couple of times I remember looking off into the distance and before my eyes focused on what I was looking at, it looked like the hillsides a mile away were moving or rippling as if to be wind blowing them. And it was not. It was thousands upon thousands of sheep that were together feeding. Another thing that's kind of interesting As those sheep feed, they oftentimes feed in lines, and they're feeding off of the grass that's on the ground, which is usually, not always, but usually a more healthy existence. It's better food to be eating. It's better for them, all that. They're eating of the grasses. And as you watch them, they'll be in a large line coming across feeding together. When it's time to gather them up, even the modern-day shepherds show up. And when they show up, the sheep know it's time to be gathered, and you'll see them coming around. And some of you may have even seen some of those being worked where they have working dogs, those sort of things. Very fascinating to watch them happen. But as you're thinking about sheep, remove yourself a little bit from maybe the 2023 stereotype and understand that biblically speaking, sheep are known for being animals who trust their shepherd, who find strength in each other, who are there for a very solid and good purpose. They are more docile, more easy to be around. And when he starts talking about goats, any of you ever had goats? You ever had goats? I had goats. Some of you, when you think of goats, you probably picture in your mind uh, the little jumpy goats that bounce all over the place. Have you seen those videos? All sorts of fun. They climb on top of things and they're jumping and all that. It's, all, it's just sorts of fun, right? Um, some of you think about feigning goats and you want to. You have these fantasy of walking up to them and being like blah, and they fall over. You know, like it sounds like a fun thing. But but the reality is the temperament between goat and sheep, as Jesus is talking about these, is a bit different. I remember as a child my dad decided we had a front hillside that needed to be cleaned up. And so uh, when I say cleaned up, it had all sorts of briars and vines and all sorts of things on it. And so my dad thought, we'll get some goats and we'll get two or three of them. And I know some of this may sound a bit um, odd or maybe even a bit mean to the goats but just hear me out uh, each one had a collar and we would tie them off in various places and as we tied them off every day you had to go entangle them because they get wrapped up in stuff sometimes twice a day but they get wrapped up in stuff but they eat everything if they can reach it they eat it you know the the honeysuckle the briars the everything and so they were working very good at clearing these things up but i know this they also were not very easy to move because they, they want to do what they wanted to do um, the one time we tried to tame them, I remember thinking that my brother and I were going to revolutionize the travel of young adolescent boys, maybe as a 8 and 10-year-olds, because you couldn't drive until you were 13 or 14. And I thought, like, we have a great idea. And so we had, any of you remember the red wagons, the metal ones? You know what I mean? Had the metal wheels and everything. Had one of those. And so we, we went and got one of the goats, and we put him in front of the wagon as if, you know, he was going to pull us around the yard. That was the plan. And when my mom came out the back door, y'all, there were so many times that my mom's opening line was, boys, what are you doing? And it was never good. Like anytime she asked that, we were trying to come up with a better, you know, answer than what was actually going on. You know? I was like, uh, we're gonna get the goat to pull us around like a chariot. And she's like, what are you doing with the rocks? Okay, so in the wagon, okay, I was sitting in the wagon and had a pile of rocks in front of me. You have to steer the goat somehow. And so at eight years old, I thought if I throw rocks over here, it'll run that direction. If I throw rocks over there, it'll run this direction. It seems like a great plan, right? But when I think about goats, I think about that sort of animal. Jesus is talking into a place where like, this is it. I remember one time with those goats... I, we had one that had a horn, like a horn that came up and, and hooked over and they crossed and, and I remember one time we were trying to catch the goat and as I was holding on to its horn uh, there's a horn and antler goats have horns and as I'm holding on to the horn the goat decides it's going to run and when it tries to get away from me I grip harder except for when I gripped harder that thing is kind of c- canonical in shape and kind of comes to a point and, and as my hand slipped back it got caught between the horns and then when it get caught between the horns what does a nine year old boy do? Cry is a good answer. <laughs> yell is another one. When you are right beside a goat and you're holding onto its horn and you yell, what does the goat do? Runs. When it runs and my fingers are stuck in it, what do I do more of? It's a vicious cycle yelling, running, yelling, running, those sorts of things round and round until I finally get my fingers loose, right? Goats, when you think about them, folks, they're not, the picture of them is not painted well. As a matter of fact, goats even have a certain smell about them. I know in church we try to be all prim and proper, but let's just be real for a moment. You ever smelled a goat? You ever seen those goats that have like the big goatee thing hanging from their chin? It looks kind of greasy. You want to know why it looks like that? Hey, look, if you've got weak stomach, then like just go to La La Land for a moment, okay? <laughs> I know some of you believe in, in like home remedies in a very real way, and I want to I associate this uh, to, to kind of make the illustration. Have you ever been to the beach and you get into a jellyfish and somebody tells you about a home remedy to, to save the jellyfish pain? What is it that we do, we're told to do to keep the jellyfish from stinging? I know some of you are like, it's church preacher, we really going to talk about this? Yes, I, I don't know how to say it anymore. You pee on it. That's what they say. Okay, like that's what they say. All right? I'm not saying I have or I have it, I'm just saying that's what they say. All right. I'm also saying this. Folks, a goat, in order to put off the pleasing aroma that it wants, treats a jellyfish sting to itself. You understand? That's the greasy nastiness you see hanging from its chin. Okay? Some of you are like, I'll never touch a goat again. That's fine. I'm just telling you, that's how these things operate, okay? So when you think about Jesus talking about separating sheep and goats, these are the pictures that these people are talking about, right? He's talking about separating them. But the trouble is, I may for just a little bit talk about how docile and pleasant some are and how smelly and cantankerous the others are and that back and forth. But Jesus, even though He's using that imagery in their minds to say this is what you're picturing and I'm separating sheep from goats, He goes a little bit further and He starts talking about well, how will we determine who the sheep and the goats are. My grandmother used to have a, a good word that she used to describe people. She would call something to be just in their nature. That was her words. Just in their nature. It's who they are. And and in the description of sheep and goats, it is about their nature, but it's absolutely about their activities. Folks, I I need to be clear here. This passage could be used ill-advisedly to teach us or to talk about. Someone could use this inappropriately in saying that you are saved by the things that you do, and that's just not the truth. Okay, You're not saved by works. This is not a work hard so you get to heaven. This is an understanding that when I acknowledge who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior and ask Him to forgive me of my sins, I'm at that point saved. Okay? At that point, I begin a relationship with God, and that's where things begin. But the reality is that's not the capstone even of your life. That's not where it ends. That's not the final piece of your life. The question is, what have you been doing? Understand? Like there's a very real connectedness. James does a very good job in the New Testament of, of, of talking about works and deeds and those sorts of things, us, us being us being active in what we're doing. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Like, you will know them by what they've done. You will know them by how they've treated people and the things they've been a part of. When you look back at this passage, some of the things that Jesus talks about, I love that when He talks to those who are the sheep, those He also associates with being righteous, okay? When He speaks to them, He says these words that that when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you visited. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. All of those things are taking place. And one of the things that's very revelatory about these people, what is their question? What is their question? Because he says, you have done these things for me. And they look around for a second and ask a very real and good and revealing question. What is their question? When? And Jesus' response is, when you have done it to the least. When you have served other people, even the least of these. This is one of the things both sheep and goats in this story are, are revealing something about themselves. The sheep are revealing that they were serving even though they didn't know who they were serving. You understand? I don't care who you are. Don't care what your name is. Don't care what... Hey, let's talk about small town life. Don't care what your family's last name is. Okay? Don't care what position you have and what good you can do for me. Didn't even know. You know what I mean? Like, I I think there's some beauty in serving people that you walk away from serving people and say, like, I didn't even get their name. Because it didn't matter. You understand, like, you're just a human and, and I'm able to serve you, so like, I want to be a part of serving. It's one of the things you look back at t- t- the Together at the Table event. It's an incredible event where we get to share meals with each other, with other people from our community, and all of that. But at, the, at, at one of the core levels is just this very, the desire for this very pure response of I just, this is what being Christ like looks like according to Jesus' words to the Word of God. It means to serve, it means to, to, to bring food and water, it means to clothe, it means to visit people in prison. And I love the fact that these people were doing so and they're described as doing so without even knowing the association of it being Jesus. That it could have been to serve them was to serve Christ. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. In just a little bit of contrast though, the goats ask the same question. You almost get this picture. Not just when did we, but but you're reading this going why would the goats care they didn't do it anyway? So when they're saying, when when did we have a chance to do this? We didn't recognize who you were. They're revelatory in showing they weren't serving because they didn't know who it was. Does that make sense? They weren't serving because... A few years ago, I got a chance to take a, a gentleman uh, fishing for a, a day or so and had a good time doing it. Uh, a very accomplished uh, musician, I, I probably hadn't shared the story for a few years, but a guy by the name of Sam Hunt, if you listen to, to country music, Sam Hunt a, had been a pretty big deal over a few years, All right, um, wrote all sorts of old country records, just very, very successful. And so in a, in a time when he was needing to kind of um, uh, get away for a bit and spend some time doing some outdoorsy things and kind of recovering back to a, or getting back to some of his childhood memories and and finding himself again, those sorts of things. I mean, fame has a way of, of, uh, of being very difficult on people, um, having to go wide open. Uh, the contacts, there's questions of motivation, those sorts of things. And so in a couple of, of encounters, with a couple of folks I've been around like this, I, I actually developed a bit of a soft spot for them. Um, but in that, in that in that immense amount of success, one of the conversations that came up with Sam, I said, "Man, you know what's changed most in your life? You, you know, you grew up a South Georgia boy playing football, uh, ended up getting to play at UAB, and then went for straight from that into the uh, country music world and just exploded. So like your world grew up in in a Georgia uh, very simple existence, and now, man, like you know you can't walk into a restaurant without things just going crazy. I mean, it's it's wild what what that looks like for him. I said, "Man, what what changed for you?" And he said, "Man, you know the most shocking thing." I don't pay for stuff much anymore. So what are you talking about? He said, I go into a restaurant, people find out it's me and they take care of my meal. because I'm at a better place now to take care of my own meals than I ever have been. And now people, I walk into a restaurant and they find out it's me and it's on the house. He goes, it's interesting. I didn't expect that when I was thinking about it, you know? Stick with me for a moment. Why would that be the case? It's because I do this for what I can get. It is a person giving to someone else because of what they can receive from it. And had I known it was Jesus, I would have done this for you. And Jesus is making the point. But it was not about me specifically. It was when you serve the least of these. It's it's when you do this, when you take care of those people around you. It's when you see a need and you meet that need, and it doesn't matter who they are, if they can ever repay you, if there's something to be gained from it. It doesn't matter. There should be no motivation other than recognizing, I'm serving you because this is what God calls me to do. It's a beautiful and a pure existence. I tell you this morning a couple of folks, and I, I do this very reluctantly only because I don't want to shine a light on them because they are the type of people who would never want the light shown on them because they serve as sheep in the most complimentary way I can say. But you want to know what it looks like to be able to provide food for people who are hungry? Ms. Maida Cook's back here in the back. Miss Maida, will you wave at people? She's been involved in the Bethesda Mission. All right? Go, go see Ms., Ms. Maida. She can point you in the right direction. You want to know what it's like to visit people in prison? David and Robin, I'm sorry for calling you out in front of everyone. But you want to know what it looks like to do weekly Bible studies and build life with people who are in jail and try to help them in the in a tough section of their life? David and Robin can tell you what it's like, you know? And I'm gonna tell you, neither one of them were experienced in that part of life or in that dynamic of life until God called them and has used them. Folks, we got people who, who can help you. If you're interested in saying, like, I want to be better, I wanna be better at feeding, I want to be better at Bringing water, it clothing, it taking care of it, visiting the sick and the poor, or, and, and those in prison. Like, Folks, it is, it's easy to do so when you have a community of people that you're a part of who are already involved in that. So you want to know more, come see me. Come, come ask, I can point you in the right direction. I'm excited, David came up to me this morning and started talking about uh, serving breakfast. Uh, he wanted to serve breakfast at jail over the Christmas holidays. And, uh, and asked if I'd like to be a part of it. I would love to. I may, maybe I even push myself in there. I can't remember who asked who, but I know it's a, it's a great idea, right? You want to be a part of those things because that's what Jesus is talking about. What a beautiful, beautiful thing! And God, we come before you this morning, looking at this passage and recognizing that in your in your analogy of sheep and goats, that may not hit home with us very well in a 2023 existence. Yet, God, we recognize that you are talking about the genuine and sincerity of people serving others because they recognize that this is who they are, what they've been called to do. And so God, this morning, in an attempt to serve you, we serve each other. God, in an attempt to serve you and to be who you've called us to be, we serve people no matter who they are, where they're from, what their names are, what they've been through. God, would you encourage us in being people, especially in a biblical understanding, it is our desire to be found amongst the righteous sheep. We love you, we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.